Hello and welcome to another edition of 41 Files. I'm really happy about the fact that we no longer have to say what number of 41 file we're on. I've lost count. We've all lost count. Sam probably knows. It's in the, it's in the 60s. In the 60s. Like all great things, it's in the 60s. Sam Hartle, digital producer, alongside me, Taylor Hemmings, here for 41 Files. Hi, Sam. Yeah, it's good to be back. For those who followed me on social media, I took a uh, cross-country train trip, uh, and it was a lot of fun. Highly recommend. And worth going back on his social media and seeing all the stuff that he did, too. A lot of fun doing that. And for the first time in the 41 Files podcast studio, 41 Action News investigative reporter Jessica McMaster, Emmy award-winning, multiple award-winning investigative reporter Jessica McMaster. So glad to have you in studio with us today. I am, too. Thank you for uh, not blocking me anymore. I appreciate being here. Were we blocking her? <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't had her on yet, given her her desire to talk about things that Absolutely. Are, are important and and just talk about things. Absolutely. And we also have a special guest in the studio with us today, and that's Amy Roberts, who is with the Kansas City, Missouri Health Department. And Amy, you I know part of your title is lead poisoning prevention, but you gave me a two-business-card-long title. I want to give you a chance to give your full title with the Kansas City, Missouri Health Department. Sure. Thank you. I appreciate it. So I am the program manager for the Kansas City, Missouri Health Department Childhood Lead Poisoning Prevention and Healthy Homes Program. Now see, that's why it was better for you to do it and not for me to do it. <laughs> Thank you. So we're, we're talking today about a story that uh, Jessica had on the air on 41 Action News a couple of days ago, earlier this week, actually, about um, a certain area of Kansas City, 10 zip codes specifically, is what you mentioned there in your story. If you haven't seen it yet, it's on our website, kshb.com, uh, where kids are being tested for lead poisoning and are more susceptible, potentially, or at least showing a higher rate in those particular 10 zip codes. Tell me about your story and, and kind of the reporting that got you to where you learned about it, to where you got it on the air. So when we started looking into this, like most things that we discover through records and documentation, we didn't know that there was kind of this little high-risk cluster. But we did know that lead was a problem. It's been reported on before, and it's really a problem everywhere, which is why um, children get tested. Um, my one-year-old son just got his test that both of my kids have gotten each year. So um, we put in a records request with the health department just to see how many kids in Kansas City this year and in previous years um, actually, I stand corrected. It was not 2019. I don't think we have that data yet. 2018, in the few years prior to that, uh, we're testing positive for lead. And we asked to see the zip codes, to see the percentage of kids who were testing positive. And when they sent us, um, the health department sent us this great map um, where I think you saw you were either in the white, which few zip codes are. That means that they have no cases. Um, or you were kind of this lighter orange or you were bright orange. Mm -hmm. And we noticed these 10 zip codes where kids are at high risk, where they're in the bright orange, were all connected. They were all um, together. So that made us curious as to why. Why is that happening? And that's where the health department was really able to help us piece that together. What And that map you showed in your story, that, that map that's in your story on KSHB.com right now, that's what you got from the health department, that we didn't color that map. That was what we got from the health department, right? We did not color that. No, yeah. they gave that to us. What lines were you able to draw through your reporting about what connects these these 10 counties? What are you able to say after you're, you've done your story definitively about this topic? So as I understand it, it primarily comes from old housing. And so we're looking at lead paint uh, lead-based paint that predates the 1978 lead paint ban and a lot of people don't realize it's there because like the health department will tell you um, friction from closing windows closing doors and the door frames kind of creates this very fine powder and it settles in as general house dust and so nobody uh, really realizes it's there and so especially kids who are crawling you know they're getting it on their hands like um, the health department told us they're standing up at the window and then they're walking through the house they're putting their fingers in their mouth and then they're ingesting it 
Amy, I want to turn to you now because obviously you played uh, a large part in the story and sharing some information about uh, the problem itself. Do you feel like this is something that people are aware of? I guess that's the best way to ask that question. Do you feel like this is something that – because the person that, that Jessica spoke to in the story, uh, the woman there in, in the story talked about that she was not aware this was going on. Um, she had no idea because it's colorless, odorless, that kind of thing that Jessica was just mentioning. How do you feel like people are – on an awareness level about the the potential deadly or the potential threats of, of lead poisoning? There are a lot of people who are not aware that it's still a problem. A lot of people have heard about it before and heard about the issue before, but they think, oh, you know, that's back from the 70s and back in the day, um, you know, they had some public awareness campaigns back in the 70s and even prior to that. But a lot of people feel like, oh, well, that's just, you know, that's something of the past. They don't have that anymore. That's a, a health issue that's no longer an issue. But um, we know that all of the lead paint that was ever painted on houses is still there. Right. People don't usually totally scrape their house um, when they maintain it. They usually just paint over it. So that's the biggest thing with lead paint. So we know if the house was built before 1978, there's a good chance it has lead paint that's just been covered up. What is the worst case you've seen? We see a lot of different families with a lot of different needs. And a lot of time, lead poisoning um, comes from a deteriorating housing. And so families have lots of different needs. Um, And so, for example, um, we uh, were helping a family um, who had lead poisoned kids. They had more than one child in their home with lead poisoning. And um, when the nurses went to their home with the inspectors to do the investigation, um, one of the things we talk about is cleaning and trying to clean up some of that dust and some of the chips. And the family didn't have running water at the time. Um, they had a, um, an issue with a sewage pipe. Um, so we were able to work with that family and they were able to get their water issue repaired. Um, but they had been without water for almost two and a half years. And they had been um, going next door to their grandma's house and carrying water over in buckets. Mm -hmm. And so they were flushing their toilet with buckets and bathing with buckets. And we see a lot of families that don't have water or access to water. And in addition, um, that family um, needed to put a fence for their dogs. So they needed to um, kind of work on their backyard. And um, we needed for the dogs to be away while they were working on their house, right? So they were able to... um, get some resources where they could put a fence in their backyard and secure their dogs and get their water turned back on. And um, they had a lot of issues in their house um, in terms of their flooring being uneven. And um, they hadn't been able to clean for quite a while because of um, not having running water. So when we were able to go in, we were really able to help them with um, cleaning issues and um, getting rid of their hazards. And then um, they had some safety issues um, with unsecured weapons that we talked to them about, um, kind of how to protect their kids and protect their family and looked at a lot of different issues in the house. So we were happy that we were really able to provide kind of a comprehensive services for that family. Wow. That's that, great. It's a lot. I mean, it's, it's a lot for one department to have to handle too. Yeah. It's great that you go in there for lead. But I imagine you probably see stuff like that a lot where you go in and you're able to help connect them with other resources um, because there's probably a lot of other things, like you said, that are kind of um, sometimes in disarray. Right. And there's um, a lot of programs that um, at the health department that go into people's houses. And a lot of times we see a a lot of different issues. And so it's sometimes a matter of finding all those services within our health department and then also Mm -hmm. within the community that we can help families in a lot of different ways. The thing that surprised me most as as a dad, because I 
have young children. The thing that surprised me most about Jessica's story was when you use that irreversible word, talking about some of the effects that can happen whenever lead, uh, lead poisoning is, is apparent in a child. First, talk, tell me more about some of the things that can happen when it comes to lead poisoning and the, and the kind of effects it can have on a child, and then delve more into that irreversible factor a little bit there. Well, lead affects all body systems, and once it gets into your body, a lot of it will stay in the person's body for their whole life, and it can kind of come back and cause problems at different um, um, different times in a person's lifespan. Sure. So, um, you, but what we see a lot of times is kidney problems, problems with vision, problems with speech. Um, there's a relationship with um, attention deficit disorder, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Um, there are nervous problems and the um, nerves in the hands and feet. Um, we'll see stomach problems, um, problems with strength in a person's bones, balance problems. Um, usually the the ones that we see most frequently are problems with um, speech and development and brain function in kids. So I was listening to a podcast from WNYC uh, last week, actually, about lead poisoning. Uh, and I, I learned, I previously didn't know this, yeah, we talk about kids who ingest uh, sometimes paint chips and stuff like that. Um, and, and it's weird. Why would, why would kids eat paint? But I guess lead paint has a, a, a sweetness or a characteristic that actually the kids want to, they come back to. And that, that makes, and I think in some cases where you're talking about the, the lead is not actually removed, it's just painted over, uh, makes that, that challenge of getting lead out of a house even more, even more difficult. Right. A lot of times um, that paint, um, the multiple thickness of paint that the peels off uh, around windows and doors and porches, they're really thick paint chips that are kind of square. And um, kids who tend to put things in their mouth as part of their development will um, kind of develop an affinity for that taste, that's kind of a sweet taste. And those might be the kids that also put other things in their mouth, like frequently toys, or maybe they suck their thumb, or they eat dirt, and then they would be a child that might put paint chips in their mouth. But again, the biggest source of exposure is that invisible dust um, that's contaminated house dust. And that was the second part of your reporting, Jessica, the, the next morning, because your story aired on the evening newscast. The next morning for 41 Action News Today, you had a second portion talking about toys that may, you know, mm-hmm. toy cars and that kind of thing that may have the same kind of issue as the actual house paint. Those does. matchbox cars, because when we walked in, and Amy will tell you, I was shocked. When we go to Tim's parents back in Michigan, that's my husband, Tim, um, they have all of their old matchbox cars. Yeah. And the kids Decades old. are always putting them in their mouth. And Amy reminded me those are not for three year olds and younger. <laughs> so we've been acting badly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they do, they chew on them and in I have to imagine I haven't looked at them, but I will the next time I go home. I would bet that there's paint that's been chaped, sure. uh, chipped off. And, you know, Amy will tell you you either put them away or throw them away. So um, you know, there was other things that I think you mentioned too. Um, she had some pottery, mm-hmm. um, even some pottery that said that it right on there does not contain lead, had tested positive with the health department. Right. Makeup. Um, what were some of the other things? I think it's mostly comes from homes, but those are just little household things. Sure. That you have to things that you've for. got around your house more than likely. What kind of responses have, since our story aired, have you gotten calls from the health department saying, hey, I saw this story, I need to do something? What kind of response have you, have you seen from this? We have had a couple calls um, for more information, also some calls um, about getting their kids tested, sure. which is always important. Um, we've had a couple calls about our home repair program, which is great because 
we have um, the funding to help people fix their homes in rental homes and owner-occupied homes. So um, now's the time for people to apply for that, too. One of the things, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were going to talk, Sam, but um, one of the things I didn't get to in the piece, because, you know, we only have so much time that Amy mentioned to me last time that I wanted to make sure I brought up here was diet, because she explained to me, and maybe you can explain it to them how that works. She was actually saying, you know, with certain foods, some of that lead can be filtered out. Um, calcium, iron, and vitamin C are the foods that will help compete with um, lead absorption. Help um, your body, you mean. Right. Mm-hmm. And they help um, for people to be healthier in general. Um, but foods that are high in calcium, iron, and vitamin C will compete with the uh, lead that gets into a child's body and um, hopefully help them not absorb as much as they otherwise would. Right. Because that's part of it, too. She was saying younger children, um, have do they have less absorption they don't absorb as much or they absorb too much kids absorb more than adults and that's the problem because we noticed and i asked her at a certain age you don't see as many kids testing positive for lead and a lot of that had to do with the absorption so the diet was something i wanted to make sure people were aware of that their kids were eating those um, nutrient-rich foods and that can help combat some of that lead so going back to the programs that you guys offer at the health department um, i was on the website this morning and i think the the home Program. I think as of October last year, you guys had done nearly 500 homes uh, from the list that I saw. The question that I have, um, and it might be relevant to some of our some of our listeners, is if I live in a renter, if I if I rent from a property, it's kind of incumbent upon the the owner or the the landlord to be the one that that removes that lead or takes the lead abatement steps. What rights? Um, or programs, if I'm a renter, do I have if I'm a if I'm a mom and my kid tests positive and I rent from a home that has lead in it, it's up to landlord to get rid of that. Do you guys run into any situations where landlords aren't acting as quickly enough to to get that? And what resources does that parent have, that family have, to get their kid out of that situation? Well, that's a great question. Um, we do um, provide lead removal. Um, through our Lead Safe KC grant to rental property owners. Um, we do have tenants that will pick up an application and then give it to the owner, or they'll even say, you know, fill it out for the owner and then just have the owner sign it. Um, we do need additional documentation for those applications. Um, but the other thing, we do provide um, education and resources for tenants so that they can help keep their um, their home as as um hazard-free as they can. Um, The other thing we do is if the child is lead poisoned, we can have an inspector and nurses. They will come to the house and go through the house with the family member and talk about, or the tenant, and talk about, these might be some hazards. Here's some hazards. This is what you can do to decrease your risk, decrease the risk of your uh, for your family. Um, and then we also have an enforcement capacity. Um, mm-hmm. So when we work with the property owners, if we have a child who's lead poisoned, um, and they have an inspection from a licensed inspector from our program, then we guide them, and they have to come up with a plan and make those repairs. The landlord. Right. Yes, that yeah. is right. The property owner does. I have a couple of questions about the the reaction part. Uh, the first bit about the um, the ability to help people with the lead removal from their home, because I was curious about, and Jessica described that in the story, that being something people can apply to do. You were just mentioning there. What does that process look like? What is it like say, okay, I've got lead in my home. I need some help getting it out. What what happens then if you if you have someone that's able to do that? Well, um, people can fill out an application, um, and um, we will 
um, send their information to the agencies that kind of review the historical issues that could be in the property. Um, We have an inspector that comes and checks to see where the hazards are. Um, In addition to lead paint hazards, we also provide um, an inspection and some free repairs of other issues in the home that can affect a person's health. So trip and fall hazards or um, gas leaks, carbon monoxide leaks, asthma triggers, some of those things Mm -hmm. in addition to the lead. So we have two inspectors that go to the house, look for what the issues are, um, write it up, and then we have contractors who are licensed who will come and do the work. And, and that was featured in Jessica's story because the person you spoke to there talked about that she had, you know, siding put on her home and the paint removed and new new doors, new windows, that kind of thing. That's all right. part of the process, right, of having the, the lead removed, the, that factor being removed from the home? Right. And the type of work depends on what the hazards are. Mm-hmm. So not everybody gets siding, but it depends on if the where the lead paint is. Okay. So if the lead paint is in the windows, then we will replace the windows if it's... Um, on the full exterior, they may get some siding. Um, if it's on a porch, we may do painting. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's in the soil, we may do landscaping. Those, so it's how it relates to the hazard. And then the other part is with the children themselves. If if there's a child that is determined to be lead poisoned in one of those situations, what's what's next for that child? What's next for the parents uh, as they take their child to to be tested and, and get a positive confirmation of that? What does that look like moving forward for the health of the child? Um, well, if we're working on the the house, the um, if the child is lead poisoned or has been exposed, then that will um, elevate their priority in terms of when they get their house fixed. It still takes a number of months because it's a complicated process. Um, But we also have um, resources we can provide to the family in terms of some teaching and then some supplies in terms of, oh, here's some cleaning supplies. We can help you, show you where you can clean and get rid of some of the hazards. Here's where you can paint temporarily, um, some temporary fixes to help keep the kids safe. In addition, children with um, lead poisoning may qualify for um, a nurse home visit or the parents can request a courtesy visit and a nurse and inspector can come to the house and uh, help talk with the family and provide teaching. Jessica, you mentioned in your story there about what, what parents should do as far as testing and that kind of thing and making sure your, your kids are being tested on a regular basis. I guess the first part of this question is, if I live in a home that was built past that 1978 ban, I should be less concerned or not concerned? What What is your feeling on that about what my level of concern? I mean, obviously, I'm still going to test my kids, but what should be my, my level of concern if I live in a, quote unquote, newer home? If you live in a newer home, I don't think there is much concern, is there, Amy? I mean, in terms of because you wouldn't have right. the lead-based paint. Right. Um, so I think it's recommended that children be tested between the ages of one and two Okay. Um, just once. And then if they are at risk, if you live in an older home or have any other reason to think that they um, should be tested, then you're supposed to do it every year is what, okay. Amy, I believe what you told me um, if you're in a high-risk area. Right, for people who are in high-risk areas. Um, But it kind of depends. Sometimes, um, for example, if the uh, property has been used for something else before, um, if it's a warehouse that has been remodeled, there may be some traces of lead from prior usage. Um, If it's a house that's been built on an area where there was a farmhouse or barns that could have had um, lead paint on them, then that is you know, potential contamination in the soil. Um, The other thing is that even though the biggest risk to kids is lead paint, um, we do see some issues in children that live in newer homes. For example, um, we had a child who was an infant with um, a high blood test result. And when our inspectors went to the house, the contamination turned out to be not from the house, but from the work of the parents. So the Dad worked at a printing company, and um, 
he had brought lead dust home on his shoes and wow. on his clothes. And the baby had been exposed that way. And this was a baby that was too young to be really walking around and getting into the dirt right. and things sure. like that. So we knew that there was something unusual. And so we ended up looking at um, the person's work and getting some other agencies involved and helping um, work with you know, some of the hospitals and medical providers and some of the state and federal agencies to identify the hazards in that person's workplace. So they really had to make some changes to protect all the people at that workplace. I think that goes back to, if you look at the map that we were talking about earlier, um, although there was a cluster of, of kind of an older portion of the city, there were zip codes south of the river, north of the river, um, that had kids that tested, you know, percentage of kids that tested it. It's really kind of a widespread problem. Right. It is a widespread problem. And um, again, we do have a lot of cases in the areas where the high risk um, pre-1978 deteriorated housing is. Um, but definitely take home lead from people's parents' work um, can be an issue. And then also if kids go to a daycare somewhere like mm-hmm. a, a family member or a home daycare that's in a residence um, or even if it's just an old building um, or again, a converted building, there may need to be some um, you know, investigation on potential sources in those areas. And that makes sense. I mean, they're there all day. My kids are sure. in school right now for right. eight hours. So, I think that's interesting too because there's there's so many of the stories that we tell on, on on the news on a regular basis that if if we don't craft them carefully and if they're interpreted a little bit wrong, it would feel like we're trying to scare people. And that's not. It doesn't feel like this. What this is, but it feels like people need to be maybe more aware of this than they are because that, that what you just said there about a parent being bringing home lead dust because of their, their occupation I think is not something that a lot of people wouldn't necessarily consider that when they're coming home and daughter or son runs up to hug them whenever they walk in the door, they may be giving them something that they aren't aware of. And I think that's something that just isn't, it isn't about scaring people. It's about making people more aware of what they need to do to watch for this kind of thing. Right. And the important things um, are that it's it's usually not super expensive. It's it's an issue that can be addressed, um, you know, and it doesn't always cost a whole bunch of money and it doesn't mean people have to move and it doesn't mean people have to go to extremes. A lot of times there's simple measures that people can take. Painting over old paint is one exactly. of them. Yes, exactly. Hmm. Well, I, again, I, there are ways that the people that uh, if they live in one of those zip codes that you mentioned there, if they know that their home is possibly one of the things, they can contact the health department. You said there are forms that people can fill out and, and try to be because you're trying to help people on a regular basis. I think you said in the story like 70 families or something like that in the next little while you're trying to help. There's, there's, there's ways to, for people to get help. Right. Um, we fix around 70 homes a year. Okay. Um, and again, we are always taking applications so people can apply and that would be awesome. Um, we also provide free blood lead testing for kids and pregnant moms and they can make an appointment and come in and get tested anytime. Um, we have a number of events in the community where we are um, doing outreach. So we'll do presentations and we have one coming up um, this month actually at the city market where um, we're working with the National Public Health Service, and they're doing some soil testing for free, so testing people's yards and garden for um, contaminants. And then we're also doing uh, free blood testing and testing products. So if people have spices or jewelry or pottery, they can come and bring it, and um, we'll test it for free, and then they can uh, be aware. Spices, that was the other the thing spices, you were thinking about. yes, it surprised me when she had It surprised me when you had it in your story. <laughs> that was the other thing that, that surprised me in your story. Is there a specific spice? 
Bulk spices is what you had said. When correct? you buy them in bulk, right? Okay. Right. right. Usually, uh, bulk spices are unmarked spices. Mm. Uh, we recommend people buy spices from a regular grocery store. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to be careful with spices that you buy in bulk. It doesn't mean you have to completely trash all of your spices if you buy all of them in right. bulk. But um, people just need to take care. Someone listening to this while looking at their ten-pound, you know, <laughs> jar of paprika sitting over on the counter. We're not telling you to throw that away. That much paprika. I'm telling anyway. you, there's some paprika fans out there. Uh, paprika the, is one of the ones that we look at frequently. Wow. So there's a website though that people can can go and and make, maybe make these appointments you were talking about. Can they go to the health department website to do that? Um, they can find our contact information on the website. Okay. And um, they can call eight one six five one three six zero four eight and. Uh, they can make an appointment or get an application, request an application. Perfect. Uh, Real they, quick, too, before. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no please. Sorry. They can walk <laughs> into the health department and we can give them an application. Um, and then they Both can. Both for the home or for their, to get their kids tested, all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Good. And then do you guys have, you showed me those little kits um, where you can wipe along door frames and windows. Can they get those from the health department? Because I did go to Home Depot and all I could find was those little uh, scrub brushes that you had. The swabs. Mm-hmm. And um, the swabs are. Sometimes a little easier to find, but you can get any home test kit um, either online or from one of the big box stores or um, like Westlake Hardware and some of those places. We have some home test kits that we provide to families, but um, typically those are families who um, have a lead poison child and they don't qualify for our programs um, or they don't qualify for an inspection. And so... Um, we like to keep those for families that are um, have a lead exposure in their house. And um, want to know. And they want to know about it. Sure. Right, right. Or if it's um, perhaps a daycare that's doing remodeling um, and then they um, have a high need. Right. So okay. I wish we had more of those test kits and <laughs> sure. just give them out. Well, it's good for them to know that they're there. Get on Amazon or wherever. You wipe it. Send it in a test tube and your test results come back maybe while they're waiting with the health department to see if they qualify for a program. Right. Exactly. Okay. Well, once again, we want to thank Amy for being here. Amy Roberts, thank you so much for being here and, and kind of putting a lot more into this because there's, you know, the, the problem with, with the news, as Jessica mentioned, is sometimes we don't have 30 minutes to tell a story. And we're so glad to be able to have to hear more about this because it's a topic that any family, especially with young children, would want to learn more about. So, Amy, thank you for being here today. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. And Jessica, excellent reporting. Thank you for taking time out to, to hang out with us in 41 Files. Thank you for finally inviting me? Sam, what do we think? Six months we'll have her on again? Uh, like that. Yeah, I think it's a, that sounds great. Six months sounds great. <laughs> okay. All right. Th- thanks for joining us for 41 Files.